people think little girls should be seen and not heard, but I think... Class war. Class war, the only war. We want to just quickly send a nice friendly message to the uh, Fraternal Order of Police in Philadelphia. This is an anti-Nazi song. Hey, what's up? Welcome to the Rebel Beat Firebrand Records podcast. My name is Aaron. Sit back, strap on your favorite pair of headphones and get into it because this is episode 96, Class War on the Dance Floor, Intersections of Sound, Music and Politics. We have a wonderful episode for you today. Our very special guest on the program coming all the way from the Great Prairies the city of Regina, Saskatchewan. We've got Natural Sympathies, a.k.a. Amber Goodwin. She plays dreamy synth pop with a strong dose of feminist sensibilities and a whole lot of fun. So I'm very excited to get to that. But first up, a little bit of music. Yo. I found my face in the rat race Made it off the planet and a space race I found my face, not lighter than a paper bag I caught a case, my father got the balls And a slave chase, prison chase Freedom race, I've been replaced Memory erased, no case Cold case, blank face, deface Shot down, whole hoodie race Black flight, gotta get away Black flight, gotta get away Whole block kicked out, drug war, white bout, single mom down and now, pigs kill, stress out, comrades sell out, cash call maxed out, chase the bad cash in, feds come to cash in, project steps running, better run from something, do you know what's coming, hit them once pumping, I don't know who's coming, who's got us coming, I hope she's on with something, is she on with something, yo? Black flight gotta get away, black flight gotta get away. 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 Black flight, black wings, black light, black dreams, dark matter chaos theory, the invention of the zero, mathematical compromise, time served, carceral capitalism, maroon colonies on Martian mountaintops. Pyramid schemes, spiral dynamics, shock receptors and the octave scale. Seven notes, seven holes, seven days, seven fears. Mythical landscapes, niggas in black capes draped in eternity. Suddenly turn to see my own self looking at it. Approach the mirror, delete the error. Shift gears, light years, minimal magnetism. Used to destroy systems. Black flight, gotta get away. Black flight, gotta get away. Black flight 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 gotta get away.
welcome back to the Rebel Beat Firebrand Records podcast. We kicked it off with More Mother, a wonderful artist coming out of Philly, and that was Black Flight, a new single of hers featuring Saul Williams on vocals. And I got to check out More Mother live in Montreal a few weeks ago as she rolled through town for the Pop Montreal Festival. Really harsh noise, really a very abrasive show, a very visceral show, but very, very strong on the radical political content, the Black Lives Matter content, and I really appreciated all of the energy that More Mother brought. After that, from the UK, we heard Dream Nails with Fascism is Coming, and very exciting. They just put out the news that they're going to be releasing, I believe, a single, if not maybe a full EP on Firebrand Records in the very near future. So really excited for uh, where that feminist punk band is going. Anyways, as we do on the show right about here, we kind of take a little bit of a pause and remind you, our wonderful listeners, how you can support The Rebel Beat. There are many different ways to do that. Probably the easiest is to tell a friend about the show. Word of mouth is definitely the best way to spread the good vibes about the podcast you love. But also you can uh, share our stuff on social media. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts and leave a rating or a review. Of course, that helps other people to find the podcast. But of course, if you love this show, then please support it with your dollars. As you'll probably notice, we don't have any annoying ads for meal kits, for mattresses, for anything like that uh, at the top of the show. That's because this show is always going to be free to listen to, no invasive ads, but it is not free to produce. And so again, if you love us, please support us on Patreon. We have a Patreon page and it is patreon.com slash rebelbeatradio. You can pause right now, go support us for as even as little as $1 a month. And we have some awesome swag, t-shirts, pins, mixtapes. So go check that out. All right, so as I said at the top of the show, our very special guest on this episode today is Natural Sympathies. Natural Sympathies is the solo project of Amber Goodwin, an amazing and very talented artist coming these days out of Regina, Saskatchewan, in the prairies, the cold, cold central heart of Canada. Now, full disclosure, I actually know Amber quite well from uh, the days that she spent in Montreal. She used to be the music coordinator at our beloved mothership, CKUT Radio, so I got to know her there. She is not only a very talented musician, but someone who is a lot of fun, someone who really has amazing Uh, feminist sensibilities when it comes to the lyrics she's writing, when it comes to her approach to the music industry. And in a lot of the music she's doing with Natural Sympathies, she's putting those politics at the forefront, but in a way that just sounds really, really smooth, really, really naturally integrated into the sound that she's trying to produce, which is this kind of dreamy synth pop it's very choreographed she's got some really really fun videos i'm really really excited where she's taking this project and she has a whole bunch of new music including a new album coming out very soon we are going to talk sexism in the workplace beauty standards pop music and motherhood so anyways we are going to get into our conversation with amber goodwin aka natural sympathies but first a little bit of music natural sympathies. 
guest on the rebel beat today all the way from regina saskatchewan kind of the geographical center of this land that we call canada is amber goodwin also known as natural sympathies welcome to the rebel beat amber thanks for having me aaron i really appreciate it yeah all right well we'll just jump right into it because um you've been doing this for quite a while now i want to talk a lot about your music and some of the messages behind it. Um, Natural Sympathies is, of course, your solo project, uh, the most recent of many projects that you've been working on. It's kind of self-described as home-fi pop fantasy, but do tell us more about Natural Sympathies. Um, Yeah, so this is my first time um, being a solo musician, and it uh, it was kind of a kind of a project that I started when I became a, a mother bec- and also when I um, shortly after I moved to Saskatchewan. So what I did is I left my band Cobra and Vulture behind in Montreal, moved to Saskatchewan. Um, my heart was a little bit broken by that. So I took a couple of uh, years off of making music. And uh, then I had this baby and, um, and I wanted to start sort of making things and, um, you know, sort of defining my personhood within this new huge role of motherhood. And uh, so I started, um, you know, trying my hand at making electronic music quietly in the basement, I like to say with headphones on, so that this little baby wouldn't wake up. And I didn't have to sort of schedule band practices with a bunch of people because my schedule was so determined by this small human. Hmm. Um, and it just sort of sort of progressed from there. And, uh, and I, then I start, found myself sort of like leaning into um, sort of my performance art background I've like been a, a, a you know a multidisciplinary artist for a long time um, but this is the first time I really ever did something like this where I sing and dance um, to sort of choreographies for each of the songs rather than playing a guitar up front or something uh, currently I either do this sort of song and dance with backing tracks performance by myself and with projections or I, uh, or I'm joined by uh, some of my pals, um, my backup dancer pals, uh, who and we, uh, they call themselves the Mutual Affection, mm. <laughs> and uh, and we have like like you know sort of bonkers costuming, um, lots of glitter. It's really over the top, and I my favorite place to, places to play are like all like I don't know wall to wall sort of like very serious rock punk you know, situations. And then all of a sudden the ultra femme people come out and they're like, hello, we're here. (laughs) We're going to play these songs about having babies or, you know, wearing makeup or, I mean, like, not that like those things are not covered in rock and punk, but like, you know, but other stuff as well, more serious issues maybe. And I don't Mm -hmm. know, we're trying to make it really fun. I sort of, we, yeah. So that's kind of how, yeah. So, 
that's like it in a, <laughs> in in a, a nutshell. nutshell. All right. Well, you already mentioned, so you're originally from Montreal and then you moved out West to the prairies in Saskatchewan. And um, mm-hmm. I- I'm curious because like, like for me, listening to natural sympathy is like, it's got, you know, a lot of pop sensibilities. It's also got like a little bit of experimentation. Um, it, it's the kind of project that like you would almost maybe actually expect to come more out of a city uh, like Montreal or like a place like Toronto where there's kind of a thriving scene for, for stuff like that. But I'm curious to know what it's been like for you in Saskatchewan. Like has Saskatchewan really embraced natural sympathies? Has it kind of changed the way you've approached music? Um, Saskatchewan, um, and in particular, it's two, I think, largest cities, Regina and Saskatoon, have been insanely supportive. Just, just really great. I mean, it's a smaller, it's a smaller music scene within the province as a whole. So it feels like I have, you know, greater access, easier, it's just easier to get in touch with everybody else who's playing music and um, all the incredible artists who are out here, like Respectful Child and Ursa and Pulse Width and the Garys and the Steves and all these different bands um, that, you know, I have a really hard time understanding whether what kind of profile they have out East or out further West, but, um, but they're just, they're really incredible at what they do. And, uh, and then also just all about building community. I, I really have, I've never been, I've never felt so completely supported, to be honest, even though Montreal is my hometown. And like, I, you know, I, I did, I dearly miss working with Aaron and Jeremy, my previous musical kind of companions. Um, and I'm not sort of talking about that relationship, but just out here, it's been pretty incredible. Though there's not as much uh, music like the kind I'm doing. Um, but that doesn't seem to be a problem for anyone. And, uh, you know, and the people who are kind of practicing experimental or lo-fi pop, like Y Gretz, for example, somebody people should check out, um, are really pretty top notch at what they do. Um, so I don't feel like, so sometimes people ask me if I, if I feel like I'm missing out. The only thing I would, I feel like I miss out here, um, are the touring bands. So it seems like a lot of touring bands sort of skip mm-hmm. Regina and uh, they, they, sh- I, you know, and that kind of sucks sometimes. And so I miss sort of the access to, um, to like seeing or playing alongside uh, bands I would have played alongside maybe in Montreal. That said, Sled Island um, has been great. So is Femwave in Calgary. Um, Swamp Fest here in Regina are all really interesting um, progressive festivals that I've been really digging. And the Regina Folk Festival has really cool um, gender parity um, policies and other sorts of progressive policies too that I really should give a shout out to. Well, that's really cool. That's good to hear. And I want to come back to, um, you know, talking about like the the birth of, of this project, Natural Sympathies. So of course you mentioned um, your daughter, Fiona, who is no longer a baby anymore. She's what, like almost five now? She just had her fifth birthday. <sighs> she tells when she, when she introduces herself to people, she says, "Hello, do you, did you know that I'm five? <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, now all of our <laughs> listeners know too. Um, does she yeah. know that she was kind of like right smack central to the birth of this project as well? <laughs> uh, I don't think I've ever explained it to her the way that I have to you, but um, it's just sort of a part of her life. Like I think that she's, always, you know, I've always been really 
my partner and I both are, are, you know, practicing artists. We fold her into it pretty, pretty actively. She just went on a little tour with, uh, with me actually earlier this summer. Uh, I don't know if I'll do that often. <laughs> it's so tricky to balance both kind of roles, even though I had my partner with me. Um, it's just, it's really hard to wear both of those hats and do a good job in both. Mm. Um, but, but, uh, but she, but she knows that this is something that's important to me. Something I've, I've I always like to say is that, uh, you know, sometimes you're when you're a parent, you're filled with like doubt as to whether you are giving enough to your child um, in terms of time and energy or, or focus. But something I really want her to see, especially from me, her mom, um, is that uh, is that it that my life is I, I value my life and my goals, and I want her to do the same in her own life. Um, you know, to always make time for her own work and goals. If I, I've said this before, but if um, if I think that she should, you know, achieve, like do, you know, have full agency in her life and kind of do the things she wants to do, I would therefore should want the same things for myself. You know, um, yeah. So that's that's sort of how do I how I approach it. I've been living this life for so long. Living each day all backward, forgetting the words to my songs. Only realizing it after I've been worrying the minutes down. I've been smoothing my time of character, forgetting the things that I've done. Said again and on with it, on with it. And I mean, I want to expand a little bit more and get your thoughts on being a mom in the music biz, because there's been, you know, a bit said about it in recent years, maybe not enough. I mean, there was a really interesting documentary that came out a bunch of years ago about uh, the Montreal band Silver Mount Zion and how they approached uh, having um, a kid in the music scene and, and going on tour uh, with their kid. Um, I've talked with Lido Pimenta, who's been quite vocal about, you know, like being a mom in the music biz. And of course, you know, hasn't slowed her down at all. In fact, it seems like she's really thrived on, you know, like I, I saw her perform on stage when she was nine months pregnant and like mm-hmm. dancing around, like didn't miss <laughs> a beat. Um, I mean, in a way, I kind of feel like things are changing a little bit for the better. I was really surprised. I was at a big uh, punk rock festival in, in Montreal earlier this summer, uh, 77 Montreal. And even just seeing there, there was like tons of families there. They had kid zones. Um, it just, it seemed in a way like it was more inviting uh, for people to bring their kids. But I mean, maybe that's like more on, on the music fan side of things. And so I'm curious for you, like, are you seeing music scenes and especially more on, on the artist's end becoming more kid friendly or there's still a lot of obstacles in place, especially for mothers and what more could be done about it. 
I have so much to say about this. Uh, I don't know where to start, but I would say, first of all, that I agree with you that I think festival experiences in particular are becoming more family friendly. I think that's just, you know, maybe the result of people, I think kind of our age, maybe, um, you know, starting to breed um, and, you know, still wanting, (laughs) still wanting music in their lives. And uh, that's really great. Um, I would say that I think it's it has become a bit easier um, for some when they're when they're performing, um, but like you know, a lot of for, well, it's it's expensive to tour, and it's and fa- touring is not family friendly, um, and even just sort of local shows aren't always very family friendly. And I'm not saying that they should be. I'm not saying that all spaces should be you know kid appropriate, but. Um, but it's really hard to sort of like keep up a profile, get my music out there when it's a lot of late nights um, or a scene that's sort of like focused around people who are there to party or, you know, and I'm not like a, like, I'm not so like, I'm not, I don't require dry environments or sober environments, but there's just some places I can't bring my daughter mm. um, even when I'm on tour. And then like, you know, and that reason that happened recently, I was like, at a, and I was up at a, at a show, I took her to a show to sound check. Um, and it was actually, you know, it was a very cool show and, uh, they just didn't have the right license. Um, even though the, you know, the bill was really gender diverse and, uh, and, and other ways really accommodating, but, you know, we had to like take her away after sound check and she was like beside herself, probably just cause she was tired from like traveling and stuff too. But yeah, you know, that kind of like puts a pal on, you know, your performance a little bit after, mm-hmm. Um, and I've, you know, I've had things happen where I like, I had a baby freaking out in a sound check environment and I'm like, good, this is good for all you young, like all the, all the, you know, the young dudes who, you know, straight, um, white cis dudes in the room just to like, see that, you know, this, you know, my reality is different than yours or whatever. Right. So I like, it's, it's been an interesting experience. Um, I would also say that like people, you know, sometimes people get, um, grant funding for their tours, which is a way to make touring sustainable. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I know that uh, I'm seeing in a couple more applications, uh, some agencies are starting to allow childcare mm-hmm. costs um, be, be accounted uh, for in there. And that's something I spoke about recently at the very Prairie music conference. Um, just, you know, that that's a real concern. Like if I'm not caring for my child, someone else is, and then that costs money one way or the other, whether it's like actually, whether it's my partner taking time away from their, their work or priorities, or I'm actually literally paying somebody. So, um, so there's like, there's increased costs related to having a child. And, you know, there's always a part of me that's a little bit like, this is the bed I made. I chose to have this child. This is what I've decided to, to work with. So I feel a little bit, sometimes I feel a little like, I, I don't, I don't want to, I acknowledge that as well. Um, and I don't know if that, that what that means, but that's something that comes up in my thought Mm -hmm. process. Another thing about talking about being a mom, um, is that a lot of my friends are child free by choice. And and I myself was very, was really debating whether I should have had a child when I was, um, right before I had my daughter and, you know, and I love her and all that stuff. And I clearly don't feel like I really need to say that, but sometimes people need to hear it when I say this thing, which is that, um, that, that, you know, I was, I was, I had mixed feelings about going into motherhood and it's one of the, it's probably the hardest thing I've ever done to be a mother, especially as an artist. It's a lot of, you know, all the things you hear, self-sacrifice, um, and, and that sort of thing. 
Um, but I'm trying to still make room for myself. But the thing I wanted to say is that um, I don't know how much to share about being a mother because I know that sometimes a lot of people my age in their mid-30s get a lot of pressure to become mothers or to consider motherhood or to talk about it or have it be a part of their experience, um, whether they want it or not. And so I do talk a lot about motherhood. I think it's important, but sometimes I feel like re- re- like reining it in or reeling it back because uh, because that's not what I'm entirely about. That's not the only part of my identity or my music or what the people who listen to my music mm-hmm. want to talk about. So just wanted to sort of like, you know, try to show the different sides to this particular issue. Late summer, late comer in the buzzing shadow. stuff you're bringing up i mean i can really identify that with that because you know we're, we're seeing that so much in this world right now especially with our generation um you know people and especially like women debating whether or not they want to have kids and some of it is tied up in in climate anxiety right like not knowing what the actual mm-hmm. physical world is going to look like for the future generations to come or you know whether it's like capitalism just being the shit show that it is or whether it's just like people you know having that reproductive uh, autonomy to say like you know women don't exist just to put out babies <laughs> and um yeah yeah no i mean I, I i feel you on that um although like this might be like an awkward segment to like the next question but i did want to talk about like <laughs> some of your songs which i know do also touch on um uh, issues around motherhood and so totally you've got a, a new album that's uh forthcoming it's called porous and um mm-hmm. i've had a chance you shared some of the songs with me and they're they're absolutely beautiful i've been really digging it and um i kind of wanted to touch on a few of them and we'll go kind of like one by one but uh the first one is a, a single that you've already put out called uh hello and it's a song mm-hmm. about postpartum anxiety and as I understand, you also mm-hmm. just finished writing the song right before your mother passed away. So I know it's a bit of a, you know, it's a heavy topic, but I'm wondering if you can just kind of like walk us through that song and what it means to you. Um, to me, that that song was really about reaching out when you're in, you're incredibly lonely and you don't even really know who who you are anymore. Um <clears throat> So like, I feel like one of, one of the big challenge, like one of something that's happened often in my life and, 
and it's just part of my story is that I've had to reinvent or start over a few times. For example, moving to Saskatchewan from Montreal. And, uh, and the same came along, you know, with having a kid. And the same happened once again when I lost my mom at a, you know, a fairly young age. Um, these are incredibly universal things that a lot of people have experienced in much t- tougher circumstances that I have had to experience. Um, and so I just, you know, it was just, it's, this whole album has been in, much more direct and personal than any of my previous records and other projects have been. But previously they were, you know, not cloaked in poetry, but they were more, they were more oblique about what I was saying, but this album has been more directly autobiographical. So hello, the song is about um, being a new mother and, uh, and having to take care of this small human being when I myself am so fragile and uh, not, you know, not having people like family in town or um, people I know really well that could just like see me and like, you know, unwashed glory with like bleeding nipples and you know just being like just being so incredibly lonely and then also I I had the the heartbreaking privilege of being with my mother and taking care of her pretty full like basically full time for the week before she died um and uh and it cut somewhat unexpectedly from from cancer brain cancer and uh and that was just very similar to new motherhood it was just it was just this huge universal thing that I'm still digesting. And it was about caring for somebody just with every fiber of your being and, uh, and just, you know, living through that. So it's kind of like the song itself isn't really, I don't, it's pretty, it's like, it does I don't think it's like a blue or sad sounding song, but it's just really coming from a real true place. Um, you know, where I felt like my heart was like getting, broken but somehow larger at the same time yeah hello is anybody out there another one i don't think it's out yet but this will be another cut off of the new album uh called pretty impossible and so this tune has some Mm -hmm. very like overt feminist themes in it and one of the lyrics is the sharp blade of beauty it cuts both ways and so yeah tell us about pretty impossible um i was uh so I, I came up with the beat first because I, you know, I've been learning how to make electronic music and all that sort of thing. And uh, so the words just came really, you know, 
they, they came really sort of um, unexpectedly. And, uh, and I just realized that I wanted to sing about um, something that I've been feeling lately, which is that, you know, for better or worse, um, I've been, I've been trying to pretend like I'm not noticing that I'm getting older and that my sort of cultural currency in this capitalist, you know, society is decreasing the older I get, the less, the less, you know, um, cute and desirable I become. And so I was just like, and, you know, at the same time, I've never changed the way I dress. I look like it, I kind of dress like a teenager still. <laughs> um, and I really love getting dressed. Like it's a joy for me, like fashion and beauty. And, you know, I mean, and, and, uh, and like, you know, I'm not, and I'm not into fast fashion. I'm into like, sort of like holding on to clothes. It, it means a lot to me. Um, so the way I look and feel and it, I think it does for a lot of people who are, are, you know, for just a lot of people in general, I guess, no matter whether you identify as femme or not, but this particular song was about, um, the femme experience. And, uh, and then also at the same time, as I was thinking about myself, getting older and getting older in the music industry, which, you know, it's, it's increasingly, you know, image focused with social media and that sort of stuff. Um, a cup, uh, my friend who is a trans lady, um, was talking about how tired, tiring it is, um, to have to get dressed, um, or to feminize herself before she leaves the house, you know, like it's a lot of pressure, uh, for her. And so just that, it just, and then like, you know, I was, and I've been hanging out, then I was hanging out a lot with my backup dancers and just talking a lot about, you know, um, self-presentation and uh, all that sort of thing. And so, um, and then once again, also reflecting on, you know, even how, even my daughter within that song, just, you know, how I, I want her to, I, I don't, you know, un, inevitably she'll feel these conflicts mm -hmm. as well. Um, and, uh, and so this whole song is sort of like, is just sort of like a love letter and a bomb and an acknowledgement that, you know, being a, being a woman or being femme is difficult and there's no way you're damned. If you do, you're damned if you don't, no matter what you do. So you just do what you want to do. <laughs> yeah. like one thing it makes me think about is um it seems again like i mean i i hate thinking in this way of like oh the world is like constantly getting better on a lot of these issues because sometimes it is sometimes it isn't but it seems like in pop music there's at least a little bit of a space that's being opened right now to talk about some of these issues like the beauty standards and beauty norms it makes me think of um just like i was watching lizzo's performance at the mtv video awards and 
it was beautiful and it was amazing. And like, you know, she's someone who's been like, you know, really uh, outspoken against, like even through her lyrics, like against beauty norms and beauty standards. And so she gave this amazing bombastic performance where like a lot of her, um, her dancers on stage were people who also kind of like defied that kind of like pop standard of like being like a stick thin mm-hmm. model. Um, of course, like you still have like whatever your Taylor mm-hmm. Swift's out there. Um, I know like I- I've seen you post like a Liz- little bit about Lizzo, but like, do you kind of see something like that as like opening up an interesting space as well in music to talk about this? I do my Absolutely. Um, I mean, there's so many incredible artists who are, are are challenging these things head on. What I really love about Lizzo is that um, is that she's having. It looks like she's having such a great time all the way through it. You know, <laughs> like it, she's just making it really fun and positive. And she recently was interviewed. I can't remember where, but she was. Um, but the the gist of the article and interview was that she she was saying. I'm putting forward this love yourself theme, but I want people to know that there are concrete actions they can take to love themselves. It's not, you know, there's been a lot of, you know, pop cultural um, lip service given to loving oneself and self-care and all that stuff. But there's been less, a little bit less, I think, about how to do that actually. And so she talks about her... um, her experience uh, with therapy and like the messages she gives herself and that sort of thing. And I think it's really, that also helps to destigmatize mental health and, and, you know, just talking openly about how to concretely love yourself, you know? So I think, I think we're lucky to be like in a time where people can access um, artists like Lizzo who are talking about things like I'm talking about these important issues related to, you know, beauty and uh, beauty standards and the like. But at the same time, the reality on the ground for I'm sure like many of Lizzo's listeners and my friends and surely your friends in the community is that that's not I mean, in Regina, Saskatchewan, like, you know, I definitely hear there's a very, you know, there's a pretty clear, you know, visual archetype of what the ideal lady is. And um and it's uh, the one that needs to be challenged whenever possible. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. So um, I think we have time to talk about one more of the album. Uh, sorry, one more of the songs on your new album. And again, it's called Porous. Mm-hmm. Um, this is going to be, I guess, well, you sent us like an exclusive release. So if you're hearing it right now, you're hopefully hearing it for the first time on the Rebel Beat. So it's the show, uh, or sorry, the song rather, High Road. Um, about sexism in the workplace. So tell us about High Road. <laughs> it's like when I wrote this album, I had like a laundry list of things I really wanted to talk about. Um, <laughs> but when I <laughs> when I moved here, okay, so the last song we talked about was uh, Pretty Impossible and about beauty standards. And then this one is about sexism in the workplace. And I never thought I would be writing either of those songs actually, because it's 2019 or 2020 almost. And, uh, and like, these are old school feminist topics. These aren't new things, but like suddenly I had these uh, like experiences that are still really affecting my reality. And so when I moved here, um, I don't think it has to do necessarily with uh, Regina, Saskatchewan. It just happens to be that um, I took a job and uh, I experienced this insane amount of uh, 
workplace sexism from somebody else in the industry mm-hmm. um because i work in a technical industry and they were and like they were just you know it was constantly questioning my work and how i was doing it and i never felt ever felt i was lucky to never have to explain myself or talk about my credentials or my previous experience in any other work um, experience um, before. And it was just so incredibly stressful that I would like wake up at night with like knots in my stomach, not wanting to see this person or having to battle somebody to just do my job. Um, So it was just talking about this like incredibly difficult time I really did not expect to go through in my like at this point in my professional career, you know, um, and, and in this day and age, um, and in the, and in the milieu I was working in, like, so I just, yeah, I just wrote this song and it was, it just came from a real place of anger and, uh, and a rejection of, uh, that kind of attitude that I was, that I was receiving. Things have gotten better since that's the good news. (laughs) And, and I've got a really cool uh, group of people that I work with. Um, and, and like, I, I love my job, but it was just a previous work experience and it was just, it was just nasty. And, uh, I also want to, yeah, I, I just quickly also want to add that, like, uh, I've like, I've never written such an angry album and, uh, and I think anger is like a powerful tool, um, and motivator. And, um, I have never really had, I've never really explored that before. And this album, I was able to do that. And, uh, and this is one of the songs that's most explicitly angry. You tell me how to do my job. cathartic that you could take like such an awful experience and then write a song about that so that's yeah. great <laughs> um, got the final word yeah last thing i want to ask you amber is uh you're also working so it's you know it sounds like you've got your hands full doing a lot these days um but you're working at cjtr community radio mm-hmm. in regina and if i'm not mistaken you're the music coordinator there or the programming coordinator i'm the program director Program directors. Great. Yeah. So uh, I've had the privilege of, of visiting CJTR uh, when I was in Regina. I mean, it's always nice for me whenever I'm in a city. I do like to try to uh, go visit the local community radio station because I feel they in and of themselves are incredible hubs of culture. Uh, tell us a little bit about CJTR and, and what it's like over there. Um, it's a, it's a really cool station. Um, that's like, like all stations, um, continually transforming or maybe not all stations because it's a smaller city center and the station's not associated with the university, like say CKUT is, um, Mm. 
that's like and it's younger like this the programming isn't as locked in so i'm there's a lot of new programs um happening you know you know developing all the time um you know we broadcast in currently in seven different languages but um usually it's like up to nine to 12 different languages um so it's like a real cool place with a lot of things going on and uh I work there part-time so you know that's kind of that's it that has comes with its own challenges but um it's uh it's like I I'm the same as you Aaron where whenever I land or drive into a new city I I look for the the local station on the dial and it gives you kind of a sense of the place or at least a one of the many toeholds. Like something that's really surprising to me and maybe I should have talked about this earlier is like how much Western music and polka music and different kind mm. of cultural musics like are important out here. So like when I polka, joined the really? station- Polka? Polka. There's like, well, wow. there's a huge, like the Ukrainian population out here- um, people have a lot of there's a lot of people with ukrainian heritage and uh and um so yeah i mean like there's only one polka show it's not like it's all poke all the time but it's like an insanely popular program polka power 7 and 9 p.m <laughs> on mondays <laughs> i have to check and that it, out you must and uh yeah no it's like you know it's dance music for a certain generation but um but actually many generations they, they're touring all the time and they've got gigs in all different kinds of rural towns around the province, um, these different polka bands that are associated with the show. So, uh, yeah, no, I love it. CJTR is awesome. And, uh, yeah, you guys should listen. Yeah. Well, (laughs) wow. I always just thought polka music was a joke. So, um, you learn something. It is not. (laughs) I mean, there's a lot of great polka music jokes out there, but I can't remember one of them and you should listen to polka power to, to hear them because they are pretty, like pretty, um, self-aware and uh, having a great time all right well again uh, my guest on the rebel beat today has been amber goodwin of natural sympathies or the voice behind natural sympathies Uh, she's got a new album called porous coming out sometime this fall but you can check out a bunch of the music that she's already released uh, on bandcamp Uh, we'll post a link to it and it's up on other streaming services as well Amber, thank you so much for spending some time with us today during your very busy day, your lunch break, but thanks for uh, being with us. Thanks so much for having me, Aaron. It's been a great conversation. All right, welcome back to The Rebel Beat. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Amber Goodwin, aka Natural Sympathies. And you can check out her music and buy some of her songs or her merch at naturalsympathies.bandcamp.com. So we would normally do the Turn It Up segment at this part of the show. That's where we give our respect to an artist, musician, band, or community organization that are using their platform to advance radical social change. Since we're just kind of still easing back into things on the Rebel Beat, we're on hiatus for a while and we're just getting things going again. We don't necessarily have a specific person to shout it out for this Turn It Up segment, but what I did want to do was throw out a few recommendations, uh, not only of amazing political music I've been listening to lately, but also some films that I've really enjoyed that have a strong musical connection. So I was in DC last weekend and I got to go see the movie Hustlers. Maybe some of you have seen it. If you haven't, 
definitely worth your while. Uh, so this is, of course, a film about some uh, strippers working at a club who are really disenchanted by all these Wall Street assholes who are coming in, kind of treating them like shit, uh, you know, while they're still having a hard time paying the bills. And so they devise kind of a brilliant kind of I don't know, maybe an evil, but no, ultimately brilliant scheme to make a whole lot of money and steal money back from these Wall Street thieves. So yeah, like I said, the music connection is strong. Of course, J-Lo is the lead of the film. Plus you got Cardi B and Lizzo doing some minor roles in that film. Lots and lots of fun hustlers. In terms of music that I've been loving lately, been trying to get into a whole bunch of jazz because there's some really exciting new jazz music coming out. One of the labels I've been digging my way through is the International Anthem Recording Company coming out of Chicago. They have some great players like Micaiah McCraven, an amazing drummer, Sons of Kemet, and Damian Locks, or rather Damon Locks are some other people that have brilliant new albums out. We're actually hearing some Sons of Kemet in the background right now. If you're more into the punk tip, one of my current favorite punk bands, Frustration from France, have a brilliant brand new album out. It is called So Cold Streams out on Born Bad Records. They pretty much went straight up goth on this album. So there's a lot more of those very dark synth driven sounds, very danceable. They sing a few songs in French on this album, which I really like, and you'd expect that from a band from France, but they actually sing mostly in English, and it is so, so enjoyable. And finally, if you're more into the hip-hop tip, one hip-hop album I've just been addicted to lately is from Rhapsody. She's a fierce female MC. She's got a new-ish album out. It's called Eve with songs paying respect to a whole bunch of warrior women like Nina Simone, Serena Williams, and Ibtijad Muhammad. So yeah, make sure you check that out because she's got also this amazing remix of uh, Liquid Swords. So um, yes, lots and lots of fun. In terms of what we got coming up in the works on the Rebel Beat in the coming weeks and months, you are gonna be hearing very soon an interview with Brivolet They are an anti-fascist klezmer band from Seattle. And also, we are working towards securing an interview, this is very exciting, with the Palestinian Shamstep Phenomenon 47 Soul. I also had a chance to see them play live in Montreal just a few weeks ago for Pop Montreal, and they never cease to amaze. That is pretty much all we have time for here on The Rebel Beat. I want to thank all of our supporters on Patreon. Matt, Nagesh, Donald, Sarah, Ryan, Misha, Ross, DJ Kill McKinley, Nick, Philip, Sasha, Lee, Jean-Philippe, Grill, Sarah, Rose, Justine, Yannick, Andy, Frank, Anne, and Andrew. If you want your name among that wonderful list of people, do support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash rebelbeatradio. My name is Aaron. Out of here for now, but we'll be back soon. Thank you.